Is this person a wantrepreneur or an entrepreneur? What are you willing to do to have success? A lot of people want to do what I do, but are unwilling to do what I did. If I haven't built a good enough network that I can't call on my friends and get $100,000 loan from them, I haven't built a network. There's no better feeling than I've ever experienced in my life other than my kids being born, maybe getting married. Uh, that's a maybe, but the definitely kids being born part <laughs> of when you start making money while you sleep. An unpaid job, if I needed to, to go find someone to learn from because that will shorten your learning curve mm. unbelievably. Treading water is the same as drowning to people like you and me. You better start swimming. Welcome to I'm the One Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Green. As an entrepreneur, I've always felt, and you know, when I'm coaching people, you know, one thing I ask when they're, they're working in like the real world, you know, corporate or whatever, and they want to like do their own business. I always have to get them and understand, do they have the entrepreneurial mm. spirit, right? Because I believe that is something, it was something I was hit with early on. I knew I was. What's your opinion? Are there, are there certain qualities that make up entrepreneurs? I mean, I think there's a lot of qualities that make up uh, successful entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think the first thing that we have to think about is, is this person a wantrepreneur or an entrepreneur? Okay. I know a lot of entrepreneurs. There's a lot of people out there that want oh, to be an entrepreneur. 100%. But I feel like the last step in the actual, they don't take the action, right? But I think traditionally you need to be able to be uh, comfortable with risk or you're a risk taker. Yep. Can you adapt? And then can you persevere? Mm -hmm. I think those are the three qualities that I see from my friends that have been successful entrepreneurs that you just don't, you don't give up and you realize it's never a straight line. It's always up and down. So I think there's two different segments here, right? Okay. There's the first time entrepreneur. Okay. And then there's a serial entrepreneur who's tried different things and had some success and maybe is trying to get to that next level. Like we all get to these levels where it's like, we, it's almost like a false ceiling. Like my skills will have only taken me here. So I either need to bring somebody on with more skills to take me to the next level, which there's always another level. There's always another yeah. level to keep going up that ladder. Right. And so, or there's a first time entrepreneur and I think speaking, I mean, we talk about both ways. I think let's talk to first-time entrepreneurs first. Okay. I think when you talk to first-time entrepreneurs, the first thing I say is, great, what are you willing to do to have success? And most people don't really know what the heck I'm talking about when I mm -hmm. say that, right? And this falls into a lot of entrepreneurs that are like, I want to do this. Right. And I don't know where I heard this, but I love this. I say this all the time. A lot of people want to do what I do, but are unwilling to do what I did. Oh, Sure. Because they just want to push sure. the easy button, 100%. right? They want to be able to just go, bam, I want to have, I want to travel all summer long. I want to be able to have freedom of my time and money and be able to do things I want to do. And I get it. And that's what, that's a great goal. But then what are you willing to sacrifice? And at the end of the day, you better be willing to sacrifice probably at all, but a combination of either time, energy, money, sleep sometimes. Everything. You must, but it, you got to have something like you have to be able to contribute something to the game. Yeah. Do you have specific skills that you could then partner with somebody else and be a partner on and start a business? Or are you going to just do it all yourself? You're going to wear all the hats and you're going to grind and then maybe you don't have the money. So maybe you're missing the capital piece of it. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, you have to be able to assess, this goes back to self-awareness for me. You have to be able to assess where are you at in your, in your life and what are your skills? What can you do? What are you missing? And then what's the fastest or easiest way for you to go get the things that you're missing? When I was younger, I felt like capital was the hardest thing. Sure. I think that's everybody. It's interesting because I don't think so anymore. Oh, well, be, why? Because there's so many resources out there where you yes. can go, okay. And I think as you start like to- Like crowdfunding. And crowdfunding, yeah. bank loans, friends. Sure, sure. I, mean, I feel like an acquaintance of mine, a guy I haven't seen in a few years, he said to me once, he said, if I- haven't built a good enough network. He's been a, so, an entrepreneur for a long time. If I haven't built a good enough network that I can't call on my friends and get 
$100,000 loan from him, I haven't built a network. And that's well, how I, I feel. I, I like that. I, I feel like I've got a, a handful of friends that I could call. And I, I mean, obviously not on a gambling binge. I mean, like, this is not like I'm in Vegas at 100 grand. This is like, well, hey, I've got a couple people here. Hey, you know, hey, I, I got an idea. Here's what the idea is. I come investable, right? I've presented enough value and built a network of friends and, and built a network enough that I believe that I'm investable. Okay. Would you invest in me because of the relationship we have, but also what I've shown from a results perspective of what I've accomplished as an entrepreneur. Gotcha. gotcha. So I've become investable over time. Yeah. Because anybody gotta, that yeah. makes an investment, whatever stock, whatever it might be, bonds, they lend people the money. You've got to believe I'm going to get that money back mm -hmm. and some type, some type of return on that investment. If you're a flake, I doubt you're going to get uh, your friends and family to invest in you. I mean, so maybe family, <laughs> maybe family. Yeah, if you can con them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sometimes people will blindly believe in you, oh, right? yeah. A lot of times, unfortunately. And I mean, everybody says friends and family first. It's interesting because I didn't have any family or friends with money when I was a kid. I had, I I'm had with you, me too. nobody to go to to be like, I, I couldn't script together $1,000. Yeah. So like I, there wasn't anybody that I could go to in my family for sure. And there wasn't anybody that were friends that I could go get any sizable amount of money. It just didn't exist. And that was a long, I mean, I'm an older guy. It was a long time ago. I think now because of crowdfunding, because of micro loans, because of all this opportunity out there, if you present a solid idea with a business plan and how you're going to accomplish it, and they believe you're going to actually execute on it, I feel like money is, is not the most difficult thing to attain. But even that right there, that what you just talked about, that takes a lot of work and dedication to sure. actually put together a solid business plan and concept from the marketing to, you know, and have the vision and understand re realistically, right? Instead of just like, oh, this is what I'm going to do. And now somebody's going to give me money, right? That, but people aren't willing to do that as well. Yeah. Right? And that's where you're talking about sacrificing the time and energy. Yes. <laughs> I was talking to a couple people recently and I said, how? They said, oh, we're going to go do this business. We're going to do a, a cleaning business. And I said, okay, how long have you guys been working on this? Oh, quite a while, three weeks. <laughs> and I said, wow, three whole weeks? Yeah. Okay, so what have you guys done from a research perspective? And so they kind of laid out the work. And they've done quite a bit of work in three right. weeks. No, I was going to say, you can, if you get but it. They, they've started working on it. They're like, listen, we're just going to go. We're going to go. We're going to get it in limited capital. We're going to do it ourselves. Sure. We're just going to make, and I love that, make things happen. Yes. Figure out what's not working and optimize. And these two people are very, very action oriented, which mm -hmm. I think that's where a lot of people fall down is the, everyone has ideas. Everybody drives around, they're in the shower, they, they're out running, they're just at work and they're like, oh my God, I, I got it. Here's a problem I see. Here's a solution that I could make better. And then that's where most people stop. With that real quick. So, and I tell everybody this, I'm a huge proponent of writing everything down. Mm. We have 70,000 about thoughts a day. Some of those are genius. And if you're not yeah. writing those things down, you could be in the grocery list store line or wherever, right? Guy phone, just tap it in. And those little things you can come back to and you start building on those. That's how I've done a lot of my stuff. And that's what I try and teach everybody because what happens? Oh, I'm going to remember this. And the two minutes later, no. what was I trying to, what was I? Yeah. We so. have, uh, we have, we actually have one of those note uh, pads in our shower. Oh, so you can it. write in the love shower if you have a notepad. Shower. Huge, you, write, you just write it on the notepad in the shower. It's Sometimes like I have to get out of the shower real fast yeah. and go over and do yeah, yeah, we put one in the shower because I, of that. Oh, I mean, so you're I'm there, doing you're doing Amazon for like 12 bucks or doing something it. like that. Okay. So uh, I do the same thing. I keep it, I have uh, multiple uh, files on my phone and the notes and I just go in and drop it in and just say, hey, this is this is an idea and I kind of categorize them depending on the idea. And, and sometimes there'll be a question 
not just the idea. It'll be more of a problem. Sure. What if right. what if this could be solved? Right. Or what is the most likely scenario that this problem could be solved? And then go do a little research and go check or it out. Who knows how to solve this yeah. problem that I'm identifying out in the world? And for me, at least, I tend to be an idea machine. The idea is rarely the problem. It's more of the execution of making sure I can allocate the resources and make sure we solve the problems, right? right? I think right. a lot of people fall into that category. I got this idea, I got that idea, but how do I make it actually happen and execute? And there is this feeling when it, especially a physical product, when it actually comes to fruition, you've got like physical product with packaging, and you're like, it, there's like, like a proud papa moment oh. of that. You're like, oh, it's, it's actually come to life and people are buying it and we're selling stuff, right? My first company. So when I say I, I did get 5,000 from an old friend, a graduate issue. That's I, pretty good. I was, and, and 5,000 from my dad. That's how I started this thing. That's great. So I came up with this shot glass. It was a double bubble shot glass. I was partying at ASU and uh, you pour you know, <laughs> a, a chaser in the bottom, liquor on top, they stay separate. Super cool, super stupid idea though, right? I did the research. There was a patent library. This is before like internet. So I was on microfiche, if anybody <laughs> remembers that. Saw there wasn't a patent, uh, got the investment. I contact, I found this company in Italy. They made the, the glasses. They kind of did a consignment thing with me. And then all of a sudden when the pallet came, that was like, I will never forget that moment when the truck came and delivered the pallet of all of these shot glasses. It was like, oh, it was amazing. There's there's no better feeling than I've ever experienced in my in my life, other than my kids being born, maybe getting married. Uh, that's a maybe, but the definitely kids being born <laughs> part of when you start making money while you sleep. And when I first started doing e-commerce and making money while I slept and while I wasn't working on it, it was, I've never done drugs, but it was like a drug. Oh, I can yeah. only imagine, like I would wake up in the middle of the night sometimes and go hit the refresh <laughs> button and see oh, yeah. the sales for we had. Sure, for sure. Because it's so addicting because you're like, this is the separation between my labor and my earning power. And once you understand that, and most of us are especially conditioned at a young age that I work, I make money. I trade my labor, I make money. Yeah. I have an idea. How do I get that into a business or how do I get that into something that can make money, right? That's how mm -hmm. I think about things now. But I had to kind of like unlearn some of that conditioning and learn to take a chance. And there's all sorts of reasons. I'm not trying to make this sound like it's, it's, it's not, I think it's simple, but not easy. Okay. Yeah. And so a lot of us have conditioning and, and, and reasons why we won't do it. Like I've got a bunch of guys I play soccer with and they'll probably listen to this and give me a hard, and probably give me an extra hard elbow one of these days playing <laughs> soccer. But I know a bunch of these guys, they're successful. They've been Fortune 500 companies for 25 years and they make really good money and they've got a family and they're like, listen, I want to do something, but I've got kind of these golden handcuffs on. I've got a mortgage. I got kids and I yep. make, you know, really good money. I don't know if I want to take that much risk or what if I don't succeed? And what if I fail? Right. That's the big thing for most people. What if I fail? I was going to say that's for me, that was, that's always been my best quality is I love to fail. Yeah. I am not afraid. I like it because if you don't fail, you're not going to get to that other thing. And that's a fixed and growth mindset too, which is a whole different topic. But yeah, if, you, if you're, if you're not pushing the envelope and failing, then you're not really learning. Right. That's how I feel. And I've done sales and corporate American stuff. And that would always be the case. Like if you're not putting yourself in an uncomfortable situation and, and pushing the envelope, because it's just, it's, it's completely illogical to me to expect that you're going to be, you're going to win every single time. Right. You're going to, yeah. you're not, I mean, listen, you, you hit 300, you're in the hall of fame in baseball, right? Seven out of 10 times, you're not going to get a hit. Right. You got to be able to handle that and then optimize and get better and build the feedback loop to constantly learn is how I think about it. So for, so the group of people who have never been an entrepreneur, I think the first thing is, what do I want to do? What are my goals? And then what am I willing to do to get there? Mm -hmm. And then being able to persevere through that. Yeah. And the crazy part about the internet and the crazy part about the world today is that all the answers are out there. It's, it's just finding the right answers and applying them. 
I mean, especially with ChatGPT and and all the AI tools and YouTube. I mean, there's mm. that's actually now become not the problem. Isn't the, isn't that the answer doesn't exist? It's that you have to sift through all the garbage yeah. to find the right answer. Too much information. It's too conflicting. much. Yeah, you've got to. You now you have to curate. Yeah. Well, one guy says this, and one guy says the opposite. Yeah. Which guy is telling the truth? But right? if you're not willing to do that, then you're not an entrepreneur, right? Right. Yeah, I think you're going to realize that. The, so then, so after we've done that, yeah. I, this is how I think about yeah, it. Go ahead. I'm looking at a venture. Then I, the first thing I say is, all right, is there really demand for this idea of this problem? And and when I've done things in the past, especially on products that didn't work out, I improperly assess demand. So mm-hmm. just because I think the product is cool yeah. doesn't mean other people think it's going to be cool, right? So right. it's like, all right, is there really demand for this product? Let's use physical products. We'll keep it in one space okay. as opposed to services. Is there demand for this? It's pretty easy now using tools and Amazon and Chrome extensions to understand, is there demand for this product at a specific price point? Which Now, when you do that, are you like, you have this product, are you just going on and researching to see what else is out there like it to see what, like, what's the demand? How do you tell if there is demand or not, I guess? Yeah, so the, a couple of easy tools, Jungle Scout, uh, Helium 10. There's a, there are a lot of Chrome extensions okay. that allow, what they do is they basically convert the BSR, the bestseller's rank, on Amazon's detail page gotcha. into a quantity of sales units per day. So you can go on there using these Chrome extensions. I think a few of them are free nowadays. Yeah, yeah. You can go on I've there and say, all right, this product sells 1,000 units a month, 30 bucks a month. Okay. You can understand now what the demand is. Okay. And you'll see a, a lot of product. Oh, this one does 1,000. This one does 800. This one does 600. So you can understand the true demand for the product. You of the this, same product. Of, the, yeah, yeah. of a similar, oh, similar. similar. subcategory okay. gotcha. product, right? Gotcha. So it might be, you know, whiskey glasses. We'll stick with the same theme here, right? There you go. Might be whiskey glasses. There'll be an, a, a certain amount of. start drinking? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We got a whiskey decanter set around here somewhere. But we, we can figure out like, what is the demand? Because so many people fall in what I call the inventor's dilemma or the inventor's paradox, depending on how you look at it. Like, a lot of people have a new idea. They put mm-hmm. all this time and energy into an idea. They build the product and they go, great, who wants to buy this? Mm. And then no one wants to buy it because there isn't demand for that product at that price point. And, and why I add the caveat of the price point is because I know I, I've done this. A bunch of friends have done this. We've over-engineered. So a great example of this is I used to, uh, previously owned a, uh, a coffee brand and I had a kettle, coffee kettle. And I also had a friend who had a coffee kettle that he manufactured and we were in a, a mastermind together. And he spent about nine to 12 months actually engineering a really amazing higher end coffee kettle. Well, when you engineer uh, a new product like that, that's got new bells and whistles and new features, sometimes the cost of the manufacturing goes up. So it's a more expensive product. And then what happened is he went to the market with a better product and tried to charge more money. I think it was maybe Mm. $10 more than the previous kettle. Mm -hmm. And the market's like, nope. I don't care how great this is. I'm not buying it, yeah. right? So that's why I always say, like, find demand at the price that you're looking at because that's the key. Like, just because you make a better product yeah. doesn't mean necessarily you can market that way, but doesn't mean necessarily that the consumer will is willing to pay that much more for a better product. 100%. I mean, so, some some uh, piece of the market might do that, but not everybody will do the same thing. With all the products I've ever come up with and marketed, I go through, you know, it's probably a three to six month of just toying until you find that little spot. Sometimes it's frustrating because I'm like, <laughs> I just keep toying with it, you know, but in the, it was originally the one back here, you know, that I did early on. But yeah, you got to, the, they're going to tell you. 
Yeah. Right. I, I, I don't think I'm correct. I've been wrong more on colors and sizes and products than yeah. anybody else I know. Probably. <laughs> I just let the market tell me the market's yeah. going to tell me, uh, we, we use reviews from Amazon to make better products. We look at what, uh, you know, sometimes it's market research. And so we try to understand like, what does the market really want? How can we make it better without taking us to a price point at which that it won't make unit economics. And that, that would lead me to my next. So, so number one is really understanding demand. I think that's the biggest mistake first time entrepreneurs make gotcha. is I'm going to make a great product. And, and by the way, you can't use your friends and family as a judge of this because <laughs> unfortunately your friends and family care about you. Hopefully yeah, right. they care about you and they're going to lie to you. Right. So like you're going to ask your mom, Hey mom, what do you think of this product? And your mom's going to go, that's great. I'll buy one of them someday. Like some of those, uh, it's not market research. Like some of those American Idol singers gone. They're yeah. like, well, my family loves me. My family thinks I'm the best singer in the world. <laughs> Half of them are deaf, but that doesn't matter. I think I'm an amazing singer. Like you can't ask the people that care about you to give you, I mean, sometimes they will, but most of the time they're giving you because they care about you. They want you to succeed. Right. They want to, don't want to right. tell you it's, it's a bad product. Right. right. So if you do ask for feedback from people, you know, then just be like, okay, great. What's your credit card number? There and you'll you find go. out really, really fast. Love that. Whether they'll give you money for it or and not. Then you get good at the ask. It's 20 bucks. Hey, I, oh yeah, I'd buy one for sure. Great. Pull out your wallet and give me twenty dollars right now. <laughs> I love that, by the way, because then they'll, then they'll, it's a it's a game changer. Because then they'll say, "Well, I, I well, hold on a second. You're also I didn't it. really yeah. like it that much. I was just trying to be nice. Dude, and now that. you get real feedback yeah. because you want authentic feedback to the problem and find out are they really willing to pay for it. And if you develop something really great, you don't even have to ask. Yeah, they'll be like, "I want this now, and I want it like yesterday. Like, yep. yep. Can then I pre-order you know, it? Yeah. Can I get the first copy? Can I get the first product? Then you know you've got something really, really great. So I think. Understanding demand is the first, is probably the biggest mistake that first time entrepreneurs, and I still, we still make that, yeah. that problem, you know, make that mistake to this, to this day. I think the second thing is really understanding like capital requirements, right? So come, I'm a finance guy. It comes down to money, right? I, I see in, in, in my world, in the e-commerce world, especially people starting out, all they think about is, can I afford the first order? And so let's say they want to order a product. They make it in China. It's eight bucks to make it. And they want to order a thousand units. It's $8,000. And they're like, okay, great. I got $8,000. Well, great. But how much money are you going to spend to get it over here on a container? Mm -hmm. Well, it's another $5,000. Okay. Now we're 13. Great. Now, how much do you have to market the product? And then by the way, if it goes well, which we're really hoping it does, you're going to have to place a second order very soon after the first order arrives so that you don't run on a stock. Yeah. And you're not going to have a lot of money from selling those first thousand in your bank account to place a second order. So now do you have the money for the second order? or the third order. And so uh, I think oftentimes people look at their businesses with rose colored glasses. And I think we all try to see the optimism in everything. And so you have to be realistic about your financials. Do I have enough money? Am I going to make enough money per unit to pay for this product? Is it going to be profitable at the end? And that's what we all run into these days. There's a compression of margin where we're getting less sales price and we're getting higher costs to advertise or higher Amazon fees or other tariffs, you know, right, right. I call That's them the Trump crazy. tariffs. Those sure. all took a big hit to everybody's margin a few years ago. So you have to have good at unit economics. And then also, do you have the capital necessary to grow the brand or grow the product into that space? And I think most people underestimate the capital required to be able to do that. Right. And that's a lot right there. So sure. what we just talked about is like testing it, right? And getting it out mm -hmm. there and checking that out. You know, if you're going to do the $8,000 order, right? And then yeah. it's 13000 then you got to have the marketing money and all that kind of stuff that you're just talking about. You do prototypes. Like how do you like, it, I, it all depends on products, I guess, obviously, but you go test it out and you're like, okay, I have a good idea. Mm -hmm. Now say you have, you know, you, you do your little estimates and it's 15,000, right? Yeah. But then it starts selling well, like, 
But that's champagne problems is what I always call them. Like, mm. if I got that, I'm like, I'm cool with it. That's a problem, but I'm glad I have that problem, right? Yeah, I'd rather have that than not sell. Yeah. So, okay, capital. How how do we get it? Like, how does this work? I mean, we talked about family and friends. I don't and- have a magic button on that one. But I, I mean, for me, it You're was- not lending to everybody? <laughs> I have always <laughs> used my own capital. Like, I have, you know, I, I've had either a partner or I use my own capital. Um, I've never gone out to, to raise money or get investors or anything like that. I-, I Mm-hmm. I, there's always a dilemma, right? Do I bootstrap? Do I raise money? I go back and forth on all the time. There's a, I feel a certain responsibility. If I was to receive investor money, I would mm-hmm. feel a significant, I'd rather lose my money than somebody else's money. Oh, I'm the same way. If they invest in me. Yeah. So I haven't done that. I think that I will do that at some point, but I've been fortunate enough to be able to use my own capital nice. and bootstrap everything. And then sometimes it's been a partnership where we both brought capital to the game and then we had complementary skill sets and go from there. Yeah. So I think if you can find, uh, you know, friends and family is the easiest. It depends on the quality of the idea. It depends on how much capital is needed. Finding somebody that has experience in that space, maybe. I don't like the idea. If I do raise money, I don't want to raise money from just money. Just not, I want more than money. I want some type of strategic advantage, yeah, some type I'm of experience level, yeah. right? Some type of uh, experience that can, they can add. I believe one plus one equals three in that regard. Strategic so partnership. I want a strategic partnership, if, if at all possible. Like that that makes sense to me. So especially from a first-time entrepreneur, you know, I've, I've had um, somebody work here who he came on board with a plan of working here and learning and then going on his own. I said, listen, if you want me to fund you, I'll fund you. Like I'll, I'll, I'll invest. I'll take some equity in it. And unfortunately, I taught him too well. So he doesn't even want my money and doesn't want to give up any equity. He's like, nope, I'm wow. going to get this. I'm going right. to bootstrap it. I don't want your money. I want to keep all the equity to myself. But- and, I, and I like that. And, and again, you don't have to go out and find money. You can bootstrap. Like yeah, a great example is I started this, accidentally started this healthy sweets company about four years ago. And, you know, I made, made these little things for me, right? Yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I quit sugar, but I was still going to eat my the problem. Solve the problem. Exactly. Yep. And then people were like, oh, you should go sell these. I'm like, I'm not going to go sell cookies, mm-hmm. right? Like that was my line. And looked up, you know, Oh, do it at farmer's market. Spent $200, went out, sold it, made 400 and he just kept going. And now I have a team in the kitchen and the dish, you know, all that kind of stuff. So you don't have to go out and get money either. You can bootstrap it and then you test market it at the same time, right? I think, especially if you're a first timer, go through the ropes, like do yeah. it, learn it. And, and nowadays you can pre-sell a lot of stuff. I mean, true, especially with the physical product with all the platforms that are out there, you can pre-sell, you can run an ad yeah. to a landing page. I mean, it's unbelievably easy to test everything nowadays. Yeah. Much easier than it was five or 10 years ago. It was much more difficult. It took more of a, a technical background to be able to, to spin things up quickly. And now you can throw up a landing page in five minutes and yeah. run some ads on AdWords and see if there's any traffic. So to me, is the best time in the history of the world to be an entrepreneur. It's easier than it's ever been to try something. That doesn't mean it's necessarily going to be successful, but that's how we learn. We try, we make mistakes, we get better. I, you know, Another thing for first-time entrepreneurs, find someone you can go learn from. And I give the same advice, the same advice I've applied in my life is, is that go find somebody living the life you want, find a way to add value. You want to be an entrepreneur, go find somebody that's in the space you want to be in, add value, go shoot, take a job. I would go take a job, yeah, an unpaid job if I needed to, to go find someone to learn from, because that will shorten your learning curve mm. unbelievably. Totally. And go learn and find a way to add value. Yeah. If you add value, I promise you, smart entrepreneurs want people that add value to their business. It's a no brainer. Like, why wouldn't I want somebody? And just too many people want, they want to take, I want to learn. I want to learn. Great. But what are you bringing to the table so that you can gather that knowledge and learn? And I think that's really the biggest mindset change. A lot of people have, you know, don't don't reach out to someone and say, can I buy you coffee? No, I don't need to go to coffee. Right. Like, 
no, I don't have time to go to coffee. No, I was just can you say. can you take me to lunch? I mean, I'd love going to lunch, but no, I got I'm busy. I got things I got to do. Add value to somebody, they'll find a way to make time for you. Yeah, it's, it just becomes obvious at that point. So I think the biggest point for first time entrepreneurs, and you got to believe in yourself. You're gonna try, have an understanding. Like this podcast is a great example. I've never done a podcast before. I don't know if it's going to work or not. I'm not sure how the traction, what's going to happen, but I've committed to doing it and I'm just going to continue to try to get better. That's it. And I mean, I feel like we're going to learn the time we're going to get better and we're going to do a better job and a better job and a better job. And it's fun. It's fun. It's fun. But look at everybody that's ever done anything. It's never a straight line up. Professional athletes, uh, Mr. Beast, his first videos are laughable that he put out when he was in high school, right? (laughs) Guys, guys, the best influencer in the world is started off not the best. No one starts off day one as the best. And so you have to have that willingness to have that feedback loop of testing, learning, improving. And so I think for the biggest things are for people just understand demand and then understand the capital required. And then what are you willing to do to give up? Not what are you willing to do so that you can be successful? Sure. And that's where I feel most people fall down in those three steps. Because once you get started and you have a little bit of taste of some success, I think that helps feed the engine for, for further success. It's just that first like sale, that first little piece of it is where people don't get to and they go, ah, I give up. I'm and that done. first sale is amazing. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. You're like, how can you not want to do this over and over and over <laughs> right? again? But, but that, you are right. Getting there, that's the journey and that's a struggle. And that's where most people, they fail. Right? Yeah. And, yeah. That's where that they sense. fail. And they, I think most people don't even start. Right. No, the, I have so many people like, oh, I had a great idea. And then it came yeah. out like five years. I go, yeah, you didn't do anything with it. We all have good ideas. Yeah. And I don't even know if you need to tell people about your ideas. I think you just need to take action. I think this is where you just take action. And you find somebody and let's pick an easy space. You know, let's say it's e-commerce. Go find somebody. There's a a billion guys on YouTube talking about tips and tricks. Find somebody in your area. Find something that you do better than he does or she does and go find a way to add value. Reach out to him and say, hey, listen, I saw your YouTube video. Your Mm -hmm. thumbnail is crap. (laughs) Okay, great. I I can make a better thumbnail. And here's how I do it. And bam, just provide the value. Yeah. Because that is a far better way to get any type of, build any type of relationship or get any type of, a connection started is just add value to people. And if you add value, I feel like it's going to come back to you at some point. And most people want, most people that are, try, are in business want more value, more people adding value in their life. That's my take on it. But I mean, there's always mistakes. We'll probably have tons of episodes about mistakes I've Good, made. Let's do it. And I, I made a ton and we're going to continue to make mistakes and then learn from them. So as always, enjoy talking about this. Always. All right. Take care. All right. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe, leave a review and share with friends. Visit I'mTheOne.com and ask me anything. And as always, stay curious and never stop becoming the one.